Welcome to the Saguaro Books Radio Hour. This program is a showcase of middle grade, young adult, and new adult fiction. Your host is Mary Nickham, the founder of Saguaro Books, LLC. Saguaro Books is a unique publisher, and this program will show you why, as we bring you the authors and the books of new authors and more. Now, here's Mary Nickham. Welcome to the last show of our series. We'll, be, we'll do a recap of the shows that comprise this Saguaro Books Radio Hour. And of course, you can listen to any or all of the shows by logging into HTTPS slash slash www.voiceamerica.com slash show slash 3831 slash Books Radio Hour with hyphens in the, between the words. And we hope you will join us and, uh, and continue to join us as we proceed to podcasts from here on out and uh, once a month. And please do join us and stay on top of it. As we go through uh, the recap of this show, uh, I want to go through each uh, week that we had, and you can, uh, of course, I will give you the dates that they re- that the shows re- ran, so that you can find them on the uh, website by date. Okay, so we're starting with my books and why I founded Saguaro Books, and this run on January twenty first. I am an author and a publisher. My books, my idea to found Saguaro Books, LLC, resulted from the difficulties I experienced as a first-time children's author seeking a publisher. I experienced nothing but trouble. I realized there, are, there needs to be a publisher who works directly with first-time authors, excluding agents. Saguaro Books, LLC, is just such a publisher. I am specific to first-time authors because when uh, you try to get a publisher interested in your work, they want to know what else you have done, uh, what kind of, of a uh, Internet persona you have. Are you, uh, are, uh, do you have an audience already? All these kinds of things they want to know. And not just the publishers, but the agents also want to know that. If you have nothing like that to show, uh, then where are you going to go? And you don't know. And so if you can get to the internet and you get to saguarobooks.com, you'll find out that there is a publisher who will in entertain your uh, query and and check out your work because we don't care that you haven't published anything. In fact, it's absolutely important that you haven't published anything because if you have published something, then we're not interested. You're not considered a first-time author anymore. Now, we have done a couple of books for authors but that they have had specific reasons for coming to us, and we make a case-by-case decision on it, and basically we want only first-time authors. 
We look carefully at each submission for writing style and story development for these first-time authors. We work with the authors we select to make the work the best it can be, and that means there's some editing that gets done. Uh, your work is probably not, almost assuredly, is not going to be accepted the first time you uh, send it in. We may express interest in your query and ask you for the first three chapters, and we look at that and we see, let's see, how does this author express him or herself, and uh, what, what idea is he trying, or what message is he trying to put out? Now, fiction is not like nonfiction in that it doesn't have a, a message that comes through loud and clear and in your face all the time. Fiction has a message often, but it is subtle. It's hidden behind the characters and how they develop and what direction that they go in. And we use a standard uh, publishing model based on a contract and pay royalties twice a year. We offer a 20% royalty higher than any of the larger publishers. Most of the larger publishers are uh, into the 10 to 15% royalty only. Now we publish and use a 20% royalty which makes uh, more author more money for the authors and uh, also uh, helps us cover our uh, expenses. We have 28 titles in our published catalog and that's available on YouTube with five more coming this year. We were selected as a PAL, P-A-L, publisher with the Society of Children's Writers and Illustrators. PAL means published and listed. Now that means that's also important to authors. So if authors are PAL, authors, then they are, uh, they have published through a PAL publisher, and uh, this helps, Swirl Books helps, uh, the, uh, rather, uh, the uh, Society for Children's Writers and Illustrators uh, recommends PAL publishers, and so they gives, gives these SCBWI uh, members a place to go to publish their books. All right, critique groups. We covered that on January 28th. A critique group is a small group of writers that meets regularly to review each other's work and offer constructive feedback. These groups are usually small, six to eight people, and are organized by specialties such as general fiction, children's literature, or script writing. Now, these, the times and places of meetings vary and are determined by the members of each critique group. And you can find critique groups by going uh, various places, the internet. There is online critique groups as well as uh, sitting around with a group of people. And that's your choice and what you can find that's uh, available in your local area. Many published writers say that critique groups contributed to their success. Critique groups can help you improve your writing, 
detect weaknesses in plot, structure, or prose, and whip pieces into shape so they catch an editor's interest. And this is, is important because very often uh, writers write like they speak. And this is fine if you're writing in dialogue. When you're writing the dialogue, you want your, your um, character to sound like the character is living where you want him to be in the scene. If he's uh, in uh, the South, if he has a Southern accent, if, he if he's in the Northeast, he has certain things that they say there that are a regional. So we have regional uh, expressions in the Midwest, the upper Midwest versus the lower Midwest. Uh, the West, the, the Mountain West is a whole nother matter. So you have to be, and you have, if you're writing and your characters are in a different region from what you're used to, then you need to have it, uh, need to make sure that you are aware of what those regional uh, idioms and uh, and uh, and ways of speaking are exhibited in your character. Does criticism by other writers really help? The short answer is yes, it can. How can criticism by other writers, especially those that don't write the same kind of articles I do, help me? <clears throat> Excuse me. First of all, you won't just be criticized. You'll get some praise, too. While feedback from other writers, as focused as you can be, can be frustrating and exhilarating. There's a, whips, a flip side. You will have to return the favor. And how do you do that? Critique groups are an important part of any writer's life, no matter the genre. Editors and publishers state that a major reason for rejecting submissions is poor organization and writing skills. And uh, if you haven't been to a uh, critique group, and some authors just don't because they're, you know, they can't find a critique group, they don't know about critique groups, they don't believe that they're writing could be helped by a critique group. There's all kinds of reasons why they don't go to critique groups. But when we get manuscripts that really do show that there's some uh, things missing there and, and there uh, needs to be some help given, then we don't do that kind of help. Our editors are strictly looking at a piece to be published. If this paper comes in and it does need help, then uh, we will write back to the author and say, your piece is interesting and I think it has potential, but we need to have, you need to see, uh, to talk to a critique group. Go take your work to a critique group and let them look at it and get some feedback and you'll get some ideas as to how to improve it and where, uh, where the, the improvement needs to take place. If the author decides that this is not what he or she wants to do, then 
it's kind of out of our hands. We can't do anything more. Our editors are not going to work with the author word for word and and go through it in that form. So um, the critique group is really the only way for authors to get that kind of help. This problem can be best best be overcome by the writer receiving feedback from other experienced writers. Fresh eyes can spot problems that you might overlook in your attention to subject detail. You in turn can look at other writers' work with fresh eyes and spot deficiencies or find explanations of details expressed that are entirely new and meaningful to you. There is a there is give and take in a critique group. While practice is best way to improve your writing skills, you won't know whether you're on the right track, what you're doing right, and what you're doing wrong unless you get feedback. You have to show your story to others. Now this is a very intimidating uh, exercise for some authors because many authors don't like to read their work to others because, first of all, it hasn't been published, and they're worried that somebody is going to take their idea and go with it and publish their own story. And believe me, that is the furthest from the most least likely to happen because all the other writers in the critique group have their own ideas, as you can tell if you listen to their work. Uh, there's a lot of creativity in that group, and it's not, uh, they're not, they have not gone to the critique group to fish for new ideas. They have a lot of their own ideas, so don't worry about that. Okay, next, submitting to Saguaro Books, and that was on January, um, on February 4th, sorry, on February 4th, if you're decided to take the big step of submitting to Saguaro Books, you'd like to know what to expect, right? Okay, the query letter. First of all, most important is the query letter. You must write to us and tell us what you have in mind and tell us what your, uh, your story is about and find out if we're interested. If we're interested, you also must tell us whether or not you've published before, and some authors do. They tell you all about the most wonderful stories they have written. Well, that takes them out of the running right away. And if you don't tell the truth, we will find it because a check on uh, Amazon or on the internet will tell us whether you've published something or not, so you gotta be truthful. Request to sub, uh, you will receive a request to submit the first three chapters. And then if that is, uh, looks like it's gonna be uh, something we're interested in, we request to submit a full manuscript. And from the full manuscript, and we've worked with you, and then we uh, offer a contract and request a final submission and then after that your book is published and then you're fine and you're done not so quick when your book is published that's when the work for the author really begins because you have to do marketing and promotion and publish and uh, and selling your book 
And that is all author work, not the publisher's work. We obviously do uh, do promote your book, and but you have to uh, to do the marketing yourself, and that always does come as quite a shock to authors. Okay, we're going to uh, take a break, and we'll be back in a couple minutes. So don't go anywhere. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Sawara Books LLC is a publisher unlike most publishers that you've known. What's unique about us is that we don't work with agents. We work directly with the authors. We're a fiction-only publisher that specializes in first-time authors, middle-grade and young adult fiction, and we have a new section for new adult fiction. Find us on the web at sawarobooks.com. All of our books are also available on major ebook sites and a variety of formats. Find something new to put on your reading list today. Visit sawarobooks.com. The Voice America Live Events Channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480 294 6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com Voice America is where you are and where you want to be. Join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available. Don't forget to view all our live events including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. You are listening to the Saguaro Books Radio Hour. To speak with Mary Nickham or her guest, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or you may send an email to mjnickham at saguarobooks.com. Now, back to this week's program. Okay, welcome back. We've had many guests, Saguaro Books authors, on our show to discuss their books and their views on writing and publishing, including winning awards. Of course, you can hear these interviews by logging in to voiceamerica.com. Some of the guests include Tanya Coffey and the New World Series. And that interview was February 18th. Fran Orenstein, the Shadow Boys series, was on February 25th. Tom Xavier, Dark Curses, Fairy Dreams. Carol McCracken, Kiara King and the Enchanted Emerald, and Jennifer Hawes, Free Runner, and that was February 11th. 
we had Damon Pilots, The Potato Wars, Kristen Sexton, The Travelers, Charlene Vermeulen, Just the Mess, and that was on um, March 25th. Carolyn Savage, The Gardenia Curse, Robina Edgemonier, uh, The Fence Mender, and Jenny Uzelak, The Whiskers Gang, was on April 1st. Now, those interviews and their partial readings from uh, their books, and these authors discuss their, uh, their work, and it's, uh, it makes for quite interesting listening. Okay, now, marketing, promotion, and publicity. And we did the marketing and promotion uh, on March 4th and March 11th. Book marketing is more of a hard sell area where your marketing efforts are a bit more targeted directly to sales. In marketing, you have more control over how you me your message gets to your target market, your target buyers and readers in this case. Although you'll often have to pay for the exposure you get. And that is uh, something that it, it to some extent, it does stop authors, but uh, there are ways to uh, to work around some of these things and uh, uh, get get these done without having to pay exorbitant amounts of money. Book promotion: What marketing tactics will you use to get your book in front of the eye of the eyes of your target readers? What message do you want to convey? Promotion includes things such as advertising, your website, brochures, flyers, seminars, bookmarks, anything where you can fully control your message. And these can be done uh, with little expense. And, and get them out, especially your website, if you uh, do your websites, your blogs, those kinds of things, you can cover a large territory of, of readers and, and people who are interested with very little expense. You can even set up a website for almost nothing. So those are, are inexpensive ways to get the word out. Book publicity, in, in comparison to more hard sell mind frame in marketing, publicity can be viewed as a sort of soft sell area. What, had ha what had that means is that your book publicity efforts don't have to lead to quick or immediate sales to be considered a success. Direct sales sometimes aren't even a consideration. Publicity is more about exposure. Today's buyers hold all the power when, market, when making a purchasing decision. You are also likely aware that they're doing some of their research online. Consider three recent statistics about modern buyer behavior. 80% of Instagram users currently follow a business account, according to 2017 data from Instagram. 75% of smartphone 
owners turn to a search engine first to address immediate needs, according to 2018 data from Google. Emails that don't display clearly or correctly on mobile devices may be deleted within three seconds, according to 2018 data reported by HubSpot. Now those numbers one has to take seriously when you're promoting and advertising your work. So be sure uh, that, that your, uh, your uh, emails or websites and things like that are very uh, readable on smartphones because if they aren't, you won't get anywhere. What's a marketer to do to make sure their buyers find them early and often? Go where they're going. That might sound obvious, but how deeply do you understand exactly where your buyers are doing their research and what is influencing their decisions? That's where market research comes into play. There are two main types of market research that businesses conduct to collect the most actionable information on their products, primary research and secondary research. Primary research is useful when segmenting your market and establishing your buyer persona. And these, this research tends to fall into two, one of two baskets. Exploratory research, this kind of primary market research is less concerned with measurable customer trends and more about potential problems that would be worth tackling as a team. It normally takes place as a first step before any specific research has been performed and can involve open-ended interviews or surveys with small numbers of people. Specific research. This kind of primary market research often follows exploratory research and is used to dive into issues or opportunities the business has already been identified as important. In specific research, the business can take a smaller or more precise segment of their audience and ask questions aimed at solving or suspect a suspected problem. Secondary research is all the data and public records you have at your disposal to draw conclusions from. This includes trend reports, market statistics, industry content, and sales data you already have on your book. Secondary research is particularly useful for analyzing comp competitors. Here are three types of secondary research sources that make this process beneficial. Public sources. These sources are your first and most accessible layer of material when conducting secondary market research. Being free and to find and read, usually they offer the most bang for your buck. Government statistics are arguably the most common public sources, according to Entrepreneur. Two U.S. examples of public market data are the U.S. Census Bureau and the Public and the Bureau of Labor and Statistics, which of, both of which offer helpful information on the state of various industries nationwide. 
commercial sources. These sources are off, often come to be to the often come in the form of market reports consisting of industry insight compiled by a research agency such as Pew, Gartner, or Forrester. Because this info is so portable and distributable, it typically costs money to download and obtain. Internal sources. Internal sources deserve more credit for supporting market research than they generally get. Why? This is the market data the publisher already has in-house. Average revenue for sale, customer retention rates, and other historical data on the health of old and new titles can, help, can all help you draw conclusions on what your buyers might want right now. And this is uh, information that the publisher usually has available and we can discuss it with our authors if they so wish. Uh, some of it is more useful than others, but inquire if you need that information. Then our guest, our special guest, Eric Schein, visited us on uh, March 18th to discuss nature fantasy, thunder. And, the anim and an animation of it. Eric told us about the creation of his Thunder series and the work involved in creating an animated book, movie of the book series. Thunder is a young elephant born under a, during a thunderstorm, thus his name. The series follows him through life, ending where Thunder is a, uh, a mature elephant a tusker, and head, uh, a herd leader. Thunder is a mature elephant and goes on. The animation movie is currently being developed and produced through a movie company specializing in animation. And uh, watch the internet and uh, especially Amazon or uh, some of those uh, databases to give us an uh, give you an idea of where Thunder's going. Thunder was not picked by Saguaro Books because Eric was a, not a first-time author. He has already published The Legend of Secret Pass and several other picture book titles, so he did not qualify for the uh, for. Um, publishing in Saguaro Books. Just because you don't publish in Saguaro Books doesn't mean you can't publish. So, uh, you know, consider your, uh, and do your searching, and you will find uh, some other publishers. Uh, he has, uh, the Legend of Secret Pass is already also an animation, and that is likely to become a movie soon. So uh, one wants to keep a track of that. Uh, check uh, on Eric Schein, S-H-E-I-N, and Eric is E-R-I-K, and his last name is S-H-E-I-N, and uh, Thunder. And if you put that into the Internet, uh, just Google him, 
uh, you'll get all the information and you'll be able to follow his um, the the uh, succession of his work. That's uh, a very interesting thing and it's in the developmental stages now so you can keep track of it and uh, keep watching. Then there's April uh, Fool's Day, the author Fool's Day, and that is of uh, current, more current, and that was on April 1st, and our guests were uh, Carolyn Savage, um, Robina Edgemonier, and uh, Jenny Uzelak. On Author Fool's Day, Authors have many misconceptions about writing and publishing. We talked to three guests to get their ideas about author misconceptions, and we do list a few of our own, too. Now, the author misconception, the biggest one is, first of all, one, uh, I think Carolyn brought up the fact that she thought that once you're published, you're done. Well, that is not the case, as we've discussed earlier. Uh, and authors do often think that the publisher is the one that's going to do all the, the marketing. I certainly thought that when I first published. And it's a fairly rude awakening for the author to find out that, no, no, that's not going to happen. Publishers want to know what your marketing plans are. In fact, the first publisher that I went to uh, was Chalet Publishing. They're not in business anymore. But the first request I got from them was, what was your marketing plan? And I had to develop a marketing plan, and it took some time. And I obviously Googled marketing plans and tried to see what was involved in, in developing a marketing plan, and I did that. And the authors uh, had also, we discussed it in a critique group, and that was another place I got some ideas, and I developed a marketing plan. And that was, uh, there was a little bit of work for me. And then I found out that I really had to put this plan in business myself, so get a website, get a blog going, and, uh, and that was, was a, a fairly rude awakening. Another one is uh, another uh, one of our guests suggested that her biggest misconception was where, where do we go? You know, what, uh, what is the plan here? And uh, again, the publisher isn't the one to do the marketing. The author is. Now, that's not been the case all along. In the old days, old days, 20 years ago, the publisher did the primary marketing. 
And the author just kind of sat back and said, well, gee whiz, this is kind of fun, you know, and they're going to sell my book and I'm in business. So we, uh, and we don't do that anymore. So listen to the, uh, the author's interviews on April 1st and you will uh, learn some things that they learned by doing. And you do that, that's the best way to learn. <laughs> Okay, we're going to go to break and uh, join us back here in a couple minutes and we'll uh, talk some more. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Sawara Books LLC is a publisher unlike most publishers that you've known. What's unique about us is that we don't work with agents. We work directly with the authors. We're a fiction-only publisher that specializes in first-time authors, middle-grade and young adult fiction, and we have a new section for new adult fiction. Find us on the web at sawarobooks.com. All of our books are also available on major ebook sites and a variety of formats. Find something new to put on your reading list today. Visit sawarobooks.com. The Voice America Live Events Channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480 294 6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com Voice America is where you are and where you want to be. Join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available. Don't forget to view all our live events including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. You are listening to the Saguaro Books Radio Hour. To speak with Mary Nickham or her guest, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or you may send an email to mjnickham at saguarobooks.com. Now, back to this week's program. Okay, welcome back. Now, we're going to continue on our Author Fool's Day, and we're going to talk about some of the things that we learned that authors worry about. First thing they think, once you're published, you're rich. Well, authors are seen in books and movies as semi-celebrities or filthy rich after the launch of one book. This, too, is a bit of a fallacy. Sorry, fellow writers. The financial aspects of book writing are complicated and inconsistent. Nearly every writer I know has a day job of some kind. They are lawyers, real estate agents, doctors, accountants, and teachers as well as being dedicated to their craft. 
And that's the thing. Uh, you know, we're not all J.K. Rollins. We're not, uh, you know, we're not a celebrity where our name is instantly recognized. And that's the thing. I think that's key, is that you do need to be, unless you happen to be a very fortunate, quote, lucky author, you will not become instantly known. And so unless you have this celebrity name and that people recognize immediately, uh, you will not sell a book right away. Um, you know, Barack Obama, of course, he sold millions. Well, <clears throat> President Trump selling millions but their names are recognized. Yours is not. And so our big task, the publisher and the author, your big task is to get recognized. And that you do with promotion, marketing, and publicity. So, and we've already talked about those things. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> Authors have control over every part of the publishing process. And that is a definite fallacy. Covers and often titles are not the final choice of the author. I am not kidding. Authors rarely make the final decision on anything. The publisher makes the decision based on market preferences related to the top selling titles and their covers. Titles are short and the cover must relate to the story. All right, almost every book title, every book that I get, manuscript that I get, that we get titles that are too long. We cut them down to three to four words, five words maximum. And so we try to use titles. Uh, the title series are a little, the uh, series titles are a little longer, but the book title itself is short. And the author re rarely has anything to say about that. We ask them if this is okay, and if they have any sense, they say, yes, that'll be fine. Because I had a choice with my first book was too long and they didn't like the title that I had selected. It was called a working title actually. And they said, no, it's got to be another way. And I said, well, why? You know, this is really the title I want. And they said, sorry, either you change the title or we won't publish. Well, that made instant impression on me, so I said, okay, I guess the title is changing because I want that book published. So we changed the title, they published the book, they chose the cover. I didn't have any idea what I wanted for a cover. And so they gave me a couple of um, uh, choices and we picked the one that I thought was the best and they liked it and so we went with that. So that was not my choices and uh, I still don't like the title, but it's the book is published and it's called Mom's Story, A Child Learns About MS and even though, like I said, that wasn't my title choice, it's out there and it is selling consistently, so I'm not complaining. 
Authors have loads of spare time to write. Well, most authors don't have all that kind of time because they have other jobs, like I said, and they have day jobs. And so uh, they write in their spare time, and that spare time is a little hard to find. So no, authors don't usually have that much time. If they're retired and uh, they don't work anymore, then maybe they have more time, but they also have other things to do too. And they have grandchildren and great-grandchildren to deal with. And maybe they write for those children. And that's, uh, that's a, a, a audience that they can use to play their ideas against and kind of see what the kids think. And maybe that will help them. Uh, it won't be uh, a critique group, but it will also be a um, uh, uh, kind of an audience. But then, of course, they're not going to tell Grandma that, oh, that is not good. That's not interesting. Kids might. They're more honest than adults. Adults will say, oh, no, that's fine, dear. Just keep writing. Well, it, that is a bias. And so you have to be careful of relatives and what they think is useful is good and good writing and not good writing because they tend to to be biased to their family members. Authors have loads of spare time to write? No. And uh, so we'll move on. We can come up with a story and no time. If you do, chances are overwhelming that it's not submissible. Writing takes more time than you think to get it in a form that is submissible. And what is it, what is a form that is submissible? The writing is absolutely important. And that is, you can write certainly on your own and by yourself, that's, that's fine. But your work has to be critiqued in some form or fashion. Either you belong to a critique group, you uh, hire an editor or uh, run it past a high school English teacher or somebody who has some higher command of the language. So they can spot your words that are uh, misplaced, uh, your ideas that aren't coming together well, you know you're writing, and so you read these things and you see what you want to, t to tell the author, the reader. Uh, whether it's coming through to the reader or not, only an editor or a critique group member can tell you that this is not coming together, this doesn't make sense, you've got uh, pages that are out of place, and you pick up an idea in another point, and so you need to do it back here where you need to introduce a character. All of a sudden your character appears and it's out of place. So that is the kind of stumbling blocks that other readers can spot. And, and you don't because, like I said, you know where you're going with the story and Maybe it's not going where you thought it was going. 
So these things take time. These are not things that you just do automatically. So when the authors get their uh, returns back from the editors or critique group members, then more, uh, more work needs to be done to get things back into shape. And then maybe has to be read again. It should be read again. And to make sure those changes got made and make sure that more changes don't need to be made. If they do, then back you go again. And then if it is finally submissible, we ask that you send a letter by, from your author or a critique group saying that they have read this book and they feel at this point that it is ready for submission. And if that uh, letter comes along with your manuscript, then we are more likely to give it uh, more thought and, and quicker decision as to whether we feel it is uh, ready for publication. If we do, then we will uh, ask you for the full manuscript or if we've gotten the first three chapters and then we may say that we like the idea but uh, some writing needs to be changed or other things need to be fixed and and there you go from there so writing is the most relaxing job imaginable well that's not probably right either a career in writing may not be as grueling or demanding as a career in medicine but that's not to say writers don't experience their fair share of difficulties not only do we spend hours upon hours writing, rewriting, brainstorming, and usually scrapping our work, but we face loads of criticism on a day-to-day -day basis. Writers have to pretty much walk on virtual eggshells every time we post anything on the internet because we all know someone somewhere will find the misspelled word or grammatical mistakes in our writing. I could go on all day about how difficult writing is at times, but I think you already get the point. Writing is a tough business, enough said. We can finish our pieces whenever we want. Believe it or not, almost all writers work on a deadline. And because it, it, it or not, believe it or not, almost all of us work wait until the very last second to turn our work in. It's not that we're lazy. Quite the opposite, actually. The reason most writers wait until the deadline is because we're perfectionists. We want our work to be spectacular, free from error, and purposeful before we send it anywhere. So naturally, we procrastinate until we feel it's ready to be submitted. And trust me, we're fantastic as at it. The story is due by 11.59 p.m. and we wait until 11.57 on the day to submit it simply because we can and much to the annoyance of our editors. Plus it helps to have a creative mind when you're working under deadline. The stuff some writers can create at the last minute never ceases to amaze me. Well, we don't, uh, uh, Swirl Books does not operate on deadlines. 
we ask authors to make changes and corrections, and we do not have a deadline. If you take two years to get the book through, well, that's how long it takes. It may take six months, it may take a year, it more than likely will take a year. There's very few books that get published that come to Swirl Books in less than a year. Uh, you can just about figure a year, uh, maybe two if you have too many corrections. Need it. Real writers find writing easy. Not if they're doing it right, they don't. Writing doesn't get any easier with time. It just gets faster. Meaningful writing comes from ruthless introspection and unbiased observation, and those are never easy. What makes experienced writers so prolific is not that they find it easy to tur turn themselves inside out, it's that they make a habit of it. If writing doesn't come easy to you and you struggle to put your imagination into words, there, if you need to choose another means to express yourself, the mural, painting, or singing in the shower. Okay. Um, writing is a compulsion. I just have to write, otherwise I'll go crazy. Well, good for you. That's really interesting. You need to be a good writer before you write professionally. That's like saying you need to be a good swimmer before you get into the water. Writing is something that is tr only learned on the go, not beforehand, and results only come from doing the work. All you must do to become a good writer is to write, 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 study the craft, practice the craft, then write some more. And it doesn't hurt you to read either. Overnight success probably isn't. Suddenly on your radar screen is a big giant glowing mass like you'd seen, see when you have a swarm, it's closing fast on you. This author appeared out of nowhere. Overnight success, mega bestseller, million dollar deal. Then you get it in your head. I can do that too. I can go from relative nobody to America's favorite author. And Oprah will keep me in a gilded cage. Yeah, except those who are overnight successes rarely appear out of nowhere. And that is definitely to be remembered. No more aspiring writers. There are two states in which you may exist. Person who writes, a person who does not. If you write, you're a writer. If you do not write, you are not. Writing is as ludicrous as saying, I aspire to pick up the piece of paper that fell on the floor. You either pick it up or you don't. Otherwise, it's meaningless. And we're closing our show now for the last time. Of course, you can listen to our shows anytime on voiceamerica.com. And I have enjoyed this 
and we shall meet again on podcasts once a month from here on. But goodbye and thanks for listening. And I hope you'll enjoy the podcasts as they come out later on in the in the month and years to, in the months to come. Thank you for tuning in to Saguaro Books Radio Hour. Host Mary Nickham invites you to join us again next Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We'll have more to discuss then.